Turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. And we've been doing a, not a, what you call a real tight series on things that are uh, like we would verse by verse through Scripture, but uh, a series of lists in the Bible. And, of course, we're not going to cover every list of things in the entire Bible, but um, because there's a lot of lists of sins. And uh, uh, though uh, we need to know and name and uh, put forth sin, uh, most of us are far, more, far too well acquainted with that list. Uh, and these are some lists that uh, God has put in here for our encouragement, for our strengthening. And uh, this is certainly one of the lists of the Bible that we just need to catch in this. And, and that is the fruit of the Spirit. And so we'll start reading in verse 22 of Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, Temperance against such there is no law. Now, you know, they've made so many laws in this world in which we live, but no one's ever made a law that it was against the law. It was there was a penalty for loving another human being. Uh, uh, I know that you had must have had some mean, cruel, vindictive teacher sometime along your way in school, uh, unless you're homeschooled, but that you thought was against the law to have be happy or have joy in class. But I'll tell you what, you don't get punished for being happy. You don't get punished for having joy. All these things that are here are things that we need in our life. And I'd like to break them basically up into three little groups. There's three, nine of them here, three groups of three. Love, joy, and peace. These are things God gives to us, things that God enables us. And, and remember, the context of each of these is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, uh, if you've ever had the privilege of owning a fruit tree, uh, the fruit that that tree produces is the fruit of the tree. You go out and you pick it and you eat it or can it and preserve it, freeze it, whatever you might do to save that fruit and to give it away and enjoy that thing. Well, this is the fruit of the Spirit, meaning that you're not the one that produces this. It is the Holy Spirit of God that produces these things. You know, so oftentimes we look at these things and we say, oh, I just love everybody. I, I have a, I'm not trying to be mean tonight, but you've got to be honest, liar. Uh, you don't love everybody. Everybody doesn't love you. Uh, true love is something that you get from God to give to other people. And we'll get into that. But love, joy, and peace, these are things that the Holy Spirit produces in our life because we, we need these to operate. If you don't have love, you're not going to go very far. I mean, many religions, they motivate out of fear. 
I remember visiting a church. Uh, uh, we were with uh, Brother Dana Dice over in uh, Jamaica, and we were looking for a building, and we walked into a building, a uh, church building there, looking to rent space, and they had a bulletin board as soon as you walked in, and I was just looking around while we were waiting to talk to a, the person who could answer our questions, and there on the bulletin board was printed last week's offering with everybody's name beside what they gave. And it was so-and-so in this huge amount, and so-and-so in this huge amount, and went down through the list because I knew what I was going to find. And I found it. About ten names down, I found this poor, miserable slob that only put $25 in the offering plate. You know what that is? That's manipulation. To try to get a show that, hey, listen... If you're really going to be something around here, you're going to have to pay for it. You know what? That's not in the Word of God. Love is our motivation. Love, joy, peace. But then we'll get into the second set in a few minutes, uh, time permitting. Long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. Guess what? The first three are things that the Holy Spirit produces because we must have them to be a Christian. We, that's how we run. We run on love, joy, and peace. But if we're going to get along and we're going to help other people, if we're going to be a blessing to more than ourselves, then, hey, guess what? We need long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. Amen? But then we get to the third group. Faith, meekness, and temperance. Now you see, God never uses us because of who we are or what we can do. God does not pick us because we have certain talents that other people don't have. He doesn't pick us and, and use us because there's something valuable inside of us that He needs. He's God. He doesn't need anything. He picks us, and oftentimes, and it says very clearly in Scripture, many occasions, that God picks the foolish things of this world. He picks the things that have nothing. So that when He does something, people will not say, Oh, I'll tell you what, God picked that person because, no, God didn't pick that person because. That person is because God did something in their life. You see, this is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the Spirit that is producing these things. But these last three, faith, meekness, and temperance, these are things that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives so that He can actually fine-tune and use us as tools. You see, if you don't allow God to develop faith, you're just never going to get past first base. Meekness. You cannot serve God without meekness. And we'll get hopefully get to that. But this thing called temperance, that is 
what the whole world talks about. You know, you need balance. Your daily, what is it? Daily balance of vitamins and nutrients. And they put it on all the cereal boxes. And, uh, you know, I, I like those calorie counts at the restaurants. You go into McDonald's and you look at the calorie counts. I just pick the highest one. That's what I want. And uh, uh, the most bang for the buck, right? Uh, but we temperance is balance. It's self-control. It's all of those wonderful things. And that does not come from you. It comes from God. It's the Holy Spirit producing this. Now, let's go back and let's work through these first three. Love, joy, and peace. We love Him. This morning's message. We love Him. Why? Because He first loved us. And this is the love of God. That we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not grievous. And what does the verse before that say? In fact, let's just turn to 1 John 5. Uh, We'll just get it all... uh, I hate quoting Scripture close. I like to get it exact. And let's just start in verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat, talking about the Father, loveth him also that is begotten of him. If you love the Father, you will love the Son. If you love the Son, you will love the Father. You cannot pick and choose. Because Jesus is God. And God the Father is God. And God the Holy Spirit is God. If you love God, you will love all three. If you are part of a religion that picks one over the others, you know something very quickly and very assuredly that you're in a false Religion that you need to get out of there. By this we know that we love the children of God. How do I know that I love the people of this church? How, do you, how can you know that you actually love other members of our church? Well, it's just because of the warm feeling I get when I walk through the door. No, that's because the heat's too high. Um, no, it's not that. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. Do you realize that obedience to the commandments of God demands a love for my fellow man? I want you to pray for me on Memorial Day. I want to preach a, uh, the Sunday before Memorial Day, I want to preach a sermon on freedom and how it's supposed to work. You see, uh, we, we have this idea that freedom is for me to do what I want to do. That's freedom. No. You see, the love of God demands that I keep His commandments. But as I keep His commandments, guess who benefits Everybody around me. And it's not in you. That's why it's called fruit of the Spirit. I don't care how much you think you do this, you don't. 
we are so selfish. We love people and we love things for what it does for us. Isn't it true? I mean, that is true. Uh, sometimes we love other people because they make us feel better because they allow us to do things for them. And this is not biblical love. These are human emotions and they always lead to conflict and problems. But if we get our eyes off each other and put them on the Father, obey His commandments, guess what? I'll love each other. I'll love other people. The biblical way. You see, I've got to have a love of God and His Word. If I want a love for other believers, I have to be obedient to His commandments, His Word. If I want to have a true love for the gospel and for missions, guess what? I've got to be obedient to God's Word. You know what? You can't be obedient to God's Word completely and not have a heart to do something for missions. Just can't do it. And the whole thing is, I mean, that's why our missions giving is actually going up while the economy is going down. Why? Because if you love God and keep His Word, you're going to love other people. And if you're going to love other people, you're going to put something where your treasure is. There's your heart. Your heart's going to be there. And guess what? You can't give enough to make it work. But if you go to God and ask Him, that's what we call faith, promise, missionary giving. You see, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's something that God does. It's an empowering that He gives us. It's an ability. Uh, I mean, I've met some people in the, and over the years, and if you have said this to me, I am not thinking about you, okay? Well, and, and my prayer is that you'll get over it. I've, I've met people, oh, just love the Bible, and just it just thrills my soul. You know what? Reading this book is hard work. Understanding it is labor. Obeying it is going to stress you to the breaking point. You know why? Because there's not one fiber in your being that wants to do what this book says. It's a battle against the flesh, against yourself, against the world in which we live, against everyone who wants to give you advice. I mean, when you tune in Dr. Phil, do you think he's going to say, open the Bible and obey what the Bible says? I'm not a betting man, but that wouldn't be a bet that I would lose. And by the way, how many of these Christian people, you know, uh, what, I don't even remember the guy's name, but he's always talking about money and everything. Uh, you listen to his plan for money and all that, and you give lots of money when you're old and retired. You know what? God doesn't want your money when you're old and retired. He doesn't want what you don't have, and He doesn't want somebody else's interest. He wants what you have right now. Because if He has you right now, then He's got your heart. 
if the Holy Spirit is working that love in you, you know what? You're going to be a better person to be around for other people. And you're going to have the motivation that you need to get done the things that the Christian life requires. It's not easy to buck the system, as they say. It's not easy to go against the direction of society. And what's in this Bible is against the direction of society, let me tell you. Love is not just a warm, wishy-gushy feeling inside. How many of you have gotten tired of hearing me say that? I'll tell you what. You need to have more than just a feeling. The Bible says if you want love, it's obedience to God's Word. How many of you would like to love God and His Word more? Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? Okay, surrender to the Holy Spirit and let Him produce love in your life. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if I spend this much time on each of them, we're not going to get very far tonight. But that's okay. Uh, let's go to the second one. Joy. Why is joy so important in the life of the Christian? Why did Jesus talk about joy so much? Remember the story of Nehemiah? Now, I don't like this song, and don't let Brother Franz put it in the song list. Uh, I, I just, uh, it goes, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I like that part, but then they got a verse that just goes, ha, 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 ha. And I'm, we're not doing that on Sunday morning here, all right? Uh, but... The joy of the Lord is your strength. That is Bible. Amen? And one of the reasons the Bible says, Be not weary in well-doing. You know why we get weary in well-doing? Because we lose our joy. Joy. You know, you would if, if we could somehow... Just get one of them little cameras and zoom in on everybody's face during the sermon. I got a lot of smiles. I, I'm going to have to do this more often. Everybody, He's got something there. He's going to look, take my picture. I'm going to smile big. I'll tell you what. Uh, it, it would change the way we appear. But sometimes, uh, my wife has told me, said, you, you need to... You need to get the hymn book out and, and, and not look at your notes. When you look at your notes and you get thinking about things, you look like you're angry on the platform. I say, oh boy, I better watch that. Uh, I, I don't want to look that way. But uh, I, I do like to think about my sermons. And when I think, I forget about my face. You know, it's just, you only do one thing at a time. Uh, you don't have to have a smile on your face to have joy. But, and, and let's get this before we make the point. Joy is not something you generate for yourself. The old preacher, well, I don't want to call him a preacher. The old speaker, Norman Vincent Peale. Here in New York City, for years, promoted a theology called positive thinking. 
I'll tell you what. You can think all the positive thoughts you want to think, but when the IRS calls you up, it's not a positive situation. I mean, you can think all the positive thoughts you want, but when the doctor tells you you're the one that's in danger, it's not a positive situation. You see, joy does not depend on circumstance. Joy comes because of obedience. You can turn to John 15 if you want. I'm just going to read verses 10 and 11 real quick. If ye keep, um, if ye keep my command, do my commandments. I'm sorry, John 15 verse 10. My printer messed up, and I'm missing the first two, three letters of every word here. First uh, John 15 verse 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Do you think there's a connection between love and joy? Uh, Yeah. You see, if I love God and keep his commandments, there's a natural response that happens in the soul of a human being, it's called joy. It's something that the Holy Spirit will produce if you love God and keep His commandments. If we go down to chapter 16, Jesus says, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy, your joy may be full. You know, God wants us to have joy. He wants to answer our prayers. What is the problem with our prayers? This is a prayer meeting. We're going to pray in a little while. How many of you have prayed and God didn't answer your prayer? I mean, my hand's up. I'm I'm going to be honest. God doesn't answer all my prayers. You know why? Because I don't know how to pray. As I should. You know who has to help me pray? Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Do you think there's a connection between the fruit of the Spirit and learning how to pray and joy in response to answered prayers? Because I finally get my wants lined up with His wants and God will always do His will. And when I finally figure out, hey, I prayed the right way about the right thing. Even at the right time. Guess what? Joy. You see, joy is awareness of obedience to God. You know, it's it's one of living the Christian life is really in essence a battle against pride. How many of you have ever thought, you know something? I acted with humility in that situation. You just lost it. I wasn't proud. Well, I'm proud about not being proud. 
you know, that's how easily we are knocked off track. It really is. We have got to stop trusting in ourselves. Do you think that's why the third fruit of the Spirit is peace? Because what peace is, is being able to trust in God no matter what happens. That's peace, isn't it? Isn't that the best definition of peace? I mean, I just made that up. No. Um, Peace is being able to trust in God. They, years ago, they had an artist, uh, they had an art competition, and the subject was peace. And all these artists were trying to portray peace on the campus. And, and uh, you know, you had all these little flowing brooks and birds and butterflies. And, and uh, uh, one had a, a painting of a cow out there, and they said the painting was so realistic you could almost hear the cow chewing the cud. I mean, it was just... But the painting that won the contest was the painting of a storm. And the winds, you could just see the wind howling and the waves crashing against the bottom of the cliff. And and as you looked there, you you just saw nothing that was peaceful until your eyes focused in a little spot in the middle of the cliff. And there was a mother eagle with her wings over top of her little ones in the nest. I think the judges judged that contest pretty right, don't you? You see, peace is not the absence of problems. I wish we could teach our politicians this. Peace is not the absence of war. Peace is being able to... Well, wait a minute. What's love? Keeping his commandments. What's joy? Understanding that I actually obeyed him and I actually prayed. Joy is my strength. Joy is what keeps me going. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. How many of you remember when Jesus quoted those words to his disciples? It was on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane. In just a few hours, he would be betrayed and tortured. They would see him nailed to a cross and die. Jesus said, I'm giving you my peace. Not the absence of problems. Not the strength to necessarily overcome them. That's not what peace is. Peace is the ability to rest in God. It's the ability to trust Him, even when things aren't going the way we think they ought to. Peace is knowing that God is still in control. And if you don't have these three things, and by the way, you don't produce them by looking into the mirror and saying, be peaceful, be peaceful. It always helps if you close your eyes when you look into the mirror, amen? 
Especially when you're playing games with your mind. It doesn't work. But if I can trust in God, guess what? I don't have to pretend to be peaceful. Because the Holy Spirit is producing it. He's supplying it. It's working in my life. How many of you could use a little more love, joy, and peace? Well, there's only one place you're going to get it. You've got to cultivate the tree of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. Oh, how do I do that? Quit. Stop trying to do it yourself. Just get a hold of God's Word and ask for God's grace to obey it. That's where the love comes from. Amen? Love, joy, peace. If you don't have this in your life, if the Holy Spirit is not producing this fruit, you're not going to serve God. You're not going to serve Him very long. You're not going to serve Him the right way. You're not going to serve Him from the right motives. It's not going to help the cause of Christ. We do what we do because of who the Holy Spirit makes us. And all God's people said, we'll try the next three next Sunday night. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you.